and welcome to episode 8 of Picky Bastards. And uh, this may be episode 8, but it is also uh, an, album, an episode with a lot of firsts. We sadly have to say, first of all, it's the first time we have recorded Picky Bastards without Nermal. Yeah, who has sad. had to step away because his wife has had a lot of babies. And he's Just working two. hard. Two is a lot of babies, man. That is a lot, actually. And um, he, you know, so he, he hasn't got the time for it now. And we'd like to thank him for everything and say hopefully we'll hear from him again. And uh, Nick, as you knew, you've known him a lot longer than me. Yeah. Is there anything you want to you say I, to I him? I will hear from him again. As I, I spoke to him last night. So yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would like to hear his on food analogies on music yeah. and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. At some now, if he life. comes back someday, that would be great. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully that'll work out. But it's not all bad news because it's also a first episode with one of my... Uh, my long-term friends, Mr. Matt Paul. Um, we've been Hello. friends for around a decade now. We went to uni together. Uh, we've been to a lot of gigs yeah. together. Introduced each other to all sorts of bands. So I can vouch for his taste in music. But before we start, sure? I do want to tell you all that I once, um, when we lived together, he didn't realise it was in the next room. I heard him singing along very loudly to Dolly Parton. So there is that. Um, Seriously. Yeah, yeah, very loudly. We have to rethink this, I think. Maybe. Yeah, everyone's well, allowed a few yeah. of those. But um, Jolene's a good song. It is a good song, but it wasn't when you were singing it. Um, <laughs> you didn't do it justice. That's why Fran was annoyed. <laughs> but just to give a, give us a bit of an intro to Matt, I thought I'd ask him a few quickfire questions about about music and his tastes. So I'd like to start, Matt. What's your favorite album of last year? Um, it was LCD Sound Systems' American Dream. Interesting. Nice. Not le- listened to it yet, so maybe that's one for the future. First album you ever bought? Yeah. Um. I couldn't remember exactly which one it is. You're not that either, old. Come on. Well, it's either Spice Girls or it's uh, Michael Jackson's Grace. Oh, you're Hits. really not that old, are you, man? That's no. I, that was at least my tenth young. album. Spice Girls was at least my tenth album. So. <laughs> I can proudly state I do not have or never have had Spice Girls. It would have looked a bit pervy if you I, bought it at your I age though when great. it came out. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> Good point. Wow, well played. Well played. Um, <laughs> Right, back to Matt. Best gig you went to last year, Matt? I think you're going to say the same as your favourite album, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It was a close call with uh, that and Kate Tempest, but it was. It was it's been Kate a long Tempest. time. It was Kate Tempest. You might not know, but it was. Um, <laughs> worst gig you've ever been to? Worst gig you've ever been to? Well, it was actually at a festival, and despite the fact that the previous night, the, the whole concert got cancelled because there was a gigantic storm and the stage was shaking... Um, the final night was Oasis headlining, right. and I think it was three weeks before they split up, oh. and they just hated each other. <laughs> and it was so obvious on the stage; and it was just <laughs> they just didn't care, and they were just like going through the motions. And I was really excited to see them, and it was just awful. Well, Nick will absolutely so that love that you've chosen Oasis as your, as your worst gig ever because he hates them. So yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> Sorry, everybody in the world who likes them. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on to this episode then. We've got, um, as usual, we have four recent release, recently released albums, one classic album that none of us are that familiar with, and a playlist uh, introducing artists. So the new albums are Black Rebel Motorcycle Club's Wrong Creatures, Glenn Hansard's Between Two Shores, Shoe Shoes Forget, Songs of Praise by Shame, and the classic album is Illmatic by Naz, which I think may be the first one we've chosen that can actually be called a classic. Um, and then I'll be introducing Skunk and Nancy and telling you all why I love them. So I'm going to go back to Matt again because as the new guy, I'm going to put as much pressure on him as I can. <laughs> um, Matt, tell me which album you found the most predictable of the uh, of the five albums on the list. Um, I thought it was Glenn Hansard, and that isn't in a 
bad way. I'd heard one song before I started listening to the playlist, which was uh, Why Woman. It was all along a similar kind of ilk, and but it was all kind of great as well, I thought. I really enjoyed it, even though the whole album is pretty much the same thing you, over and over again. Were you that familiar with him before? Or were you familiar with like Small no. Season and Once and all that stuff? No. So I haven't. I wasn't very familiar with any of the artists apart from Black uh, Rebel Motorcycle Club before. Okay. So okay. So um, yeah, I'm just kind of wondering if. So you had no no knowledge of Swell Season. You never seen once either the movie. Because no, that was what, that was my introduction to the band, uh, and it was a pretty powerful one. I found. I don't know if you wow, I have from. no knowledge about this guy at all. So. Oh, um, okay. Wow. This is usually, interesting. You're the one who does the research usually. What's going on? <laughs> well, we'll get to why I didn't research this guy. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. So um so you, you basically felt like it was a little bit um predictable, but Well, like every single song was about what seems, I guess, one relationship and the struggles with that single relationship. Mm. Um but each song was its own thing. Um and coming from different angles and different I guess as the relationship seemed to progress towards its end. Mm. Um and him like coming to terms with that. Yeah. But yeah, so I wasn't surprised after that's what I guess the whole thing is I wasn't surprised after hearing that first song that the rest of the album was like it was. Okay. Okay. Um yeah. shall I jump in? Yeah, go for talk? it, Nick. Go for it. Uh yeah, so I did know once really well. I, I really, really liked that film. Uh it was made might have been a decade ago now, uh, on a shoestring budget in Dublin. Uh and Glenn Hansard was a member of this band The Frames. Uh, I won't give into all no, the details of the band. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, so the 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 film was really really uh, well done. It's kind of a romantic movie, but but beautifully put together and and with some amazing music on it. So that got me into him in general. Um, from that, uh, I then got into the Swell Season, which is the band that he formed with the other star of the movie, and I saw them actually live once or twice. Um, so he's got a very traditional acoustic um, kind of folk root in, in what he's trying to get to. Um, and I, I totally have no problem with that. I, I respect that. But this album to me was was quite, uh, no, not quite. It was very You can always tired. tell when it's coming from you. It's <laughs> that change in your tone. It's like Nick's about to slag something up. No, it's just, it was, it was, it was very tired, I felt like. It, that, there was... There was some be- let me let me start with some positives. There was some beautiful guitar tone. Like I thought, some of the he has this incredible acoustic. It's just I still assume he's still using the same instrument, which which sounds really warm and close and kind of intimate. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, but a lot of the actual music behind it was um, just seemed very tired, very cliched in many ways. There was there's one song. Um, Good word. Ride that, ride that river. Is that a song, or is that is that a lyric off it? No, hold on. A minute. I think it's a lyric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lyric off. Um, yeah, I recognise it. Yeah. So when he says, I think it might be reckless, reckless heart. heart. Reckless heart. That's heart, the one. Yeah. yeah. So on reckless heart, he um, has this lyric of kind of drifting down a river to the sea to sort of some mm. kind of emancipation metaphor or something. It, it just it was really um, didn't really excite me very much. Um, there were also some. Uh, I wanted to say that. Um, but he he rhymes uh, fire, I think, with desire at one point, and that is a that's a no no to me. Just just don't <laughs> yeah. rhyme fire with desire. Come on. Um, well, why why is that? Because it's been done three million times. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. So in a way, the band. I mean, the band. 
I wouldn't. I think it would be unfair to say it's like my dad's music because my dad's got some quite interesting taste and some variety of stuff. Like, this is my granddad's music. It seems so old, so old. Well, the picture of him on the album cover, I mean, yeah. he does look about 412. So. <laughs> and it's really unfortunate because he's just, he's just sort of nipped over the line into that area where, where what's very classic and kind of roots and folk and, and kind of basic about what he does has become just tired. And it's just, it's, it's sad to see. I, I, I don't... I don't I don't slate it with any kind of joy, really. I, I think it's a pity um, because he's done some great stuff. Hopefully he will again. But this one, um, yeah, this one did not get me excited at all. So, yeah. Fran, what would you rate? Well, um, I'll just start by saying the opening song, Roll, Roll On Slow. Uh, it sounded to me like it should be on a Wrigley's chewing gum advert from the 1980s. <laughs> Uh, do you remember the advert I'm talking about? I don't actually. No, know. where they're on a bus and they're chewing chewing gum and looking at it. It's, it, it, it's just, it was very cheesy. Uh, but moving on, I mean. It was pretty cheesy that I feel bad now that you've just given a bit of history to him because he was completely new to me. I'd never heard of him. Oh, yeah. So the first thing I. A lot of the folk stuff you're into, I would have thought you'd come across him before. But yeah. Well, okay. the first thing I wanted to ask was whether it would be harsh to call him a cliche ridden pub singer. That would be harsh. That would, would that absolutely be harsh? be harsh, which is why you're not going to do it, is okay. it? Um, I'm going to just go to some lyrics <laughs> now, and I want you to... I'm, I can't get all the way through the song because it would take most of the podcast up, but I want you to count the, the clichés that I go through in... Uh, you know, I'll do the first couple of verses and just count right. the clichés. Right, right. I'm tired of sitting around and waiting on things that ain't going to come. <laughs> I want it all on the table. <laughs> I want to know what I've done. I should be singing your praises <laughs> and not here couplet. banging this drum. I'm tired of sitting around and waiting. I'm moving on. I remember the first time I met going. you. He's, he's going to double down. Your heart Don't was cold ahead. like a stone. <laughs> you said I better forget you, better leave you alone. But then you reached right inside me. You showed my heart where was home. I'm done now because it carries on. Okay, okay. Blood in the heart, flesh on the bone, but yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my opinion of him. Yeah. And I'm going to go a little bit further. Okay. That's okay. That's, that's okay. And then this is where I get, you know, because it's interesting, you just mentioned my sort of taste in folk music and there's a guy that it reminded me of a little bit who's much less well known by the sound of things than this guy, a guy called John Smith. Okay. Very, very original name there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now he's, I'll probably do him on one of these on Picky Bastards in the Future is one of the artists I love. He's, he's incredible. But for me, what makes him so incredible is he's, he's got one of the most amazing voices I have ever heard. And he's also writes really, really interesting lyrics. Mm. And for me, where this album fell down was that it, it was lacking both of those. It, lyrically, it was, it was the weakest side of it was lyrically, I, I thought. I think yeah. you need both of those things to make this kind of music really successful. So for me, it, um, it didn't make it. But Matt, you, you liked it. So yeah, do you want to yeah. come back and well, tell us why we're wrong? Like... I agree with the like the, the, what you said about the first song. The song two through yeah, four, I just felt it had like a kind of a nice drive behind it. Just he, uh, like like I said, he was going after this one point, but he was like all of the songs just had a nice momentum behind them. Mm-hmm. And so it's coherent as an like, album, you mean as well as well yeah, as originally yeah. the song. Okay, um, yeah, I can see that. But it's funny, funny hearing you guys talk about his lyrics. One, I googled him because I didn't have a clue who he was. It came up with an interview. I can't remember for what uh, publication, but he talked about how he reworked all of the lyrics because he thought they were too basic originally. <laughs> and so, what was it before? Was it a cereal not... recipe or something? I, I don't know. This is his second pass over it. And yeah. Wow. Oh my god. 
That's yeah. so really. You should. I, I encourage everyone or anyone who hasn't already to check out the film once, which is great, and Swell Season stuff and some frame stuff as well. There's a lot of, you know, it, it, there's a lot of cool stuff he's done. So it's it's really in a sense that's that's very surprising to me is that this this is where it's turned to. But yeah, it's well, unfortunate. Well, we'll move on, shall we? All right. I'll go to you, Nick. Yeah. Can you tell me which album you found the most surprising? Yeah, I will go with uh, Shame. Shame. Um, Songs of Praise. Songs of Praise, yeah. So um, I think, I, to be honest, the only thing I knew about this band was I'd seen some some posters of them up, up around Manchester, mm. like some billboards and stuff up around Manchester. And um, I tended to think that they... This is just totally ridiculous to make a judgment on this basis, but they're asking me to if they put a poster up of themselves, you know? <laughs> um, they just look like <laughs> another bunch of indie kids just, just sort of... Just sort of not much to, to say, not much different. Just just trying to be rock stars, you know. Um, and actually, I thought the album was was a lot better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it had um, some really interesting overtones of things like Black Grape or Happy Mondays in it. And some of the songs, there's one in particular, um, Friction, I think it's called, yeah. um, that that was really really sort of Black Grape esque, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, it had some real sarcasm in it, so it was actually um, it reminded me. Um, of uh, a couple of bands from the last, well, a couple of decades, I suppose. Dave Devant, it reminded me of a little bit, if anyone knows Dave Devant, his spirit wife, um, which is a band from the 90s. Um, and then, uh, what's the other one I was thinking of? Um, oh, they did, um, we we start, we formed a band. Come on, Art Brute. Uh, Art, oh, Art Brute, Brute. Art yes. Brute. So, uh, you do, do you see that analogy? Again. Do you see that analogy, Matt? Yeah, yeah. For sure, okay. is this, when You'd I was pretty fan, aren't you? Being yeah, I, I went to see them, uh, and you refused. Oh what? I think right? time ago. Oh, what a band! Fantastic. Um, My best yeah, experience ever was with Art Brew, actually. That's another story. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yeah, I felt like for me it was like being transported back to like all the bands that like I was really into as a teenager into my early twenties. Just all the like post-punk revival stuff and like. Okay. I also have draw a correlation to the cribs and uh, rakes and stuff like that. With, Another one is uh, um, I, is Joe Gideon. Do you know Joe Gideon okay, and the Shark? Yeah, yeah. Which I absolutely loved that album. It was only then in one album, I think, a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago now. Um, that was another one I thought really fitted well. It was sort of this sarcastic, slightly ironic humor, um, dark humor in it. Yeah. Um, Particularly the track, The Lick, was really good. Mm. Um, and I thought the only thing I would say against the album as a whole was that I thought that was that was actually a, a better opening than the one they went with. I thought they could have maybe reordered a couple of tracks and started with started with The Lick because it was, it was just a really amusing sort of way to, to differentiate themselves from, from a lot of other indie bands mm. that are out there. So, uh, or post-band bands, whatever you want to call them. So, yeah. Sorry, Matt, I cut you off there. What else did you want to say about them? Uh, no, no, you had me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was just saying I agree about the first song. Like I, I first time I listened to it, I was just like, "Huh, I'm not sure about this." And then it took until like the second or third song, and yeah. then I was like, "Oh, now I get them. Yeah, yeah. Now I see there's there's something different with them." Can I ask when you say you, the, you, when you say you weren't sure about them when you first heard the first song? Is that you being really nice? And you just didn't like it. I just want to know. <laughs> no. I'm trying to measure, as I don't know you that well, the extent to which you, you're just being pleasant when actually you just didn't like them. It was very nice. I, no, I enjoyed it. I, I still like the first song. Okay. I just okay. think it set them apart. Okay. Like, because right. they are, they're talking about the same stuff that everyone talks about, especially yeah. in the, like, for an indie band, yeah. a bunch of guys. But, yeah, but, yeah the, the latest songs, they like, bring a lot more energy and a lot. You can 
how they're into it. The only uh, point of disappointment, actually, that I would I would uh, say is um, Fran told me that it would be a good one to pick because he thought he thought they were quite heavy, <laughs> and they maybe might fulfill really? the heavy <laughs> well, I, will, I was searching for. I will go and, into and the, they, uh, they were not. I will go into the reasons why I thought that. Okay, because I, I, I saw them. Um, I caught the end of their set at a festival in Salford called Sounds from the Other City um, last year, and. On stage, if you get, I don't know if you've watched any videos of them live, but um, it was the, one of the most aggressive sets I've seen in a long time. Really? The guy was ripping his clothes off and headbanging and jumping into the crowd. And when I was watching him, it was fun. But I thought, I'll never listen to this band. It's not my kind of thing. Right. So I was really actually pleasantly surprised. I think it translated really well onto record. And I think um, they're a lot more measured in the studio than on stage. Like on stage, they are a really heavy band, which what, what I thought you were getting, Nick, so I apologise yeah. for that. But they are better than any of the really heavy bands you've put on the, on the yeah, playlist Yeah, that's probably so true, far. actually. But um, that doesn't mean I'm not on a quest to find a genuinely <laughs> heavy band that I, I like. So we'll I see if we I get think, that. Yeah, I mean, this, this was probably my favourite of the, of the five albums on the playlist, which I didn't expect it to be at all. But um, I think there's another couple of influences you guys haven't mentioned that I, I heard, and I think one of them was Joy Division. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think there's so many bands that you say are influenced by Joy Division. Yeah. But it was interesting to hear one that didn't sound like they were just trying to rip off Joy Division and actually just there were some elements of their music in there. What kind of thing? Um, well, the song I'll I picked up particularly was um, the two were con- Concrete and Donk, which I think it was just the instrumentation, really, the sort of um, the ba- quite bass heavy and good drums. And it, was, it just reminded me of Joy Division while I was mm. listening to it. And it mm. kind of, um, which always is enjoyable for me oh yeah um yeah i also thought maximo park which i thought you would have picked up on oh interesting see the thing about it was maximo park are never funny they're like they're not funny they're in a dry way i don't know Uh, to me i love that band but i I don't find them like humorous they're they're much more like sincere but anyway that's another story but But uh, i thought there were some similarities there um and yeah i think the funniness certainly comes into but i think throughout they were they were really quite interesting um and the song Angie that they end on, mm. which is actually definitely not a funny song because it's about somebody they knew that committed suicide. Oh. Um, but I think it was just a really... I, you're talking about the opening song not being maybe the best, which I I'm, mm. I didn't see that. I don't really agree with that. But mm. as a closing song, I thought Angie was great. I thought it was a really nice way to close out the album. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'll be looking out for them. I think they're really interesting. Yeah. So did we all just agree? I, wanna, I, th- I think this yeah. might be that moment. This Already. might be that moment. I know, yeah. but maybe yes. we're going to have to really break things down a bit more. I'm a bit in the we might agree too much, and this could this could all just become like yeah. a bit of a back rub type thing. It's a worry, right? Let's it's move on. Yeah. Um, Matt, have we talked about your favorite album yet? Um, we could talk about my least favorite album. You want to go for your least favorite? Go for it. <laughs> go for it. Um, Black Rebel Motorcycle Motorcycle Club. Right. Okay. I I thought it was really boring. <laughs> I was I I used to have on CD, the, well, one of their first albums, BRMC. That's the first one. And yeah, yeah I, I loved that album. And I thought they're really like rocking. They're really fun to listen to. And they had a, like a great swagger about them. And this just felt like it was their old and they have given up pretty much, <laughs> at least to me. And it just felt, yeah, like uh, they were like, they started off with like, they had like, they had a certain verb about them, but then they, I think in the third song, it, they just slowed the tempo all the way down and it mm. just kind of killed the album for me. What is the third so song? I found it... uh, the third song is called... Talking Around uh, the King of, King Bones of Bones style, style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I can see that. And yeah. And so after after that, I just found like every time I listened to the playlist, I was like, oh, do I have to listen to this one? <laughs> you don't have to, you know. That would, yeah. Yes, I you do. You have a requirement a to listen to 40 times to every album you, on the playlist. If you make a decision about one of the albums earlier, as long as you can at least speak about it, Matt, we'll let you off if you don't, you know. You don't yeah. have to listen to Glenn Hansard 500 times, even though obviously you like that album, so that might not be <laughs> too bad for you. But... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd yeah. go with you on the Black Rebel Motorcycle, but I don't know if it was my. Yeah, no, it was my least favourite. Um, I just think for a band with the word rebel in their name, they're not very rebellious, are they, really? They're kind of... Um... Now, we talked about Queens of the Stone Age latest album a few episodes ago. Yep. Um, it reminded me of that in a lot of ways. In yeah. That they've, um, they're just doing more of the same, but it's not... I don't mind bands doing... You know, certain bands have their own sound, but it's not doing anything interesting anymore. Um so I, I quite enjoyed listening to it, same as a little bit with Queens of the Stone Age, and that it was um, it sounded all right because they're quite good at what they do. But I'll, it's very forgettable. They have I'll a tougher time than Queens of the Stone. I think that analogy is fair, but they have a tougher time than Queens of the Stone Age, even because to me, Queens of the Stone Age have done more variety, have had more variety in their past work. Mm. Like the album Howl, I don't know how well you both know their their back catalogs, but Howl, the, the sort of bluegrass or sort of roots album they did, like old style blues album they did. Uh, yeah. I think it was the third album was totally different from from everything else they've done and was you know really possibly a high point of their stuff although I did I did really like the first album as well. I was really into them for for some time and I, you know but I, I yeah I definitely think they're off the boil now I'll get into that in a minute but but yeah Queens of Stone Age have have more uh, have more flexibility than than BRMC. BRMC mm. are in a, are in a very small sort of channel you know they they're just basically they they're doing one thing and they they really have to work hard to make anything new out of it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure if we went back and listened to the Queens of the Stone Age episode again, what you just said was the exact same thing you said about Queens uh, of the is. Stone Age. But what I'm saying is Queens of the Stone Age have a, had a better opportunity than BRMC. Right, that's okay, what I'm saying. right, now I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying like Queens of the Stone Age could have done something more radical because they have had, they've got a bigger sort of canvas almost to work with. BRMC are basically, from almost everything, mm. with the exception of Howl, they're, they're like sort of black leather clad rockers, doing like dark, tons of reverb, dry drums, you know, the, things that, that I've really enjoyed in, in times past, but um, not this time. Right. So have we just all agreed again? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's more I'd say about it, though. Um, Go for it. So, yeah, I thought it was actually an improvement on the last album, to be fair, on them. Uh, Spectre of the Feast, which um, was maybe two years ago now, um, which I really thought had... Very, very little to offer in terms of fresh ideas. This one had a couple of points um, that were a little bit more interesting. Um, like, uh, well, King of Bones actually sounded, sounded I didn't think it was that bad a song. It sounded a bit like Stop, if you know, the, the I think it's the first song off Take Them On, Take Them On On Your Own, the second album. Anyway, it, sound, it sounded like that, but it had, a, it had a kind of aggressive sort of driving bass that I thought actually mm. propelled you forward a little bit and made you feel like there was some energy behind what they were doing. Um, they were lyrically pretty poor as well. Um, and I think, uh, I don't actually know it down, but there was um, uh, there was a track where they actually rhymed fire with desire. <laughs> Can that? you believe that? <laughs> so, yeah, really? well, it's, yeah, it's where all lyricists go to die, apparently. Glenn Hansard and Black Mirror Roach have just been getting together. And yeah, and they're going, out, they're going out on tour together, I think. Yeah, yeah. so who's going to support <laughs> who, though? Um, so, yeah, and then the drums... Um, which are something that uh, the cornerstone of what they did great in the first album was these amazingly simple but but sort of aggressive dry drums sound they had, 
Um, yeah. And I didn't think it worked as well this time. They seemed to be a bit more drowned in the effects that everything else is drowned in, and it just seemed a bit more distant. Because I just remember um, Rifles, for example, is one of my favourite songs of the first album, if anyone remembers got that. far too much knowledge of this um, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I do. I've seen them many times, actually, yeah. Um, the uh, there's there's some really really great like just dry dry sounding drum sounds like they're just right in your face you know it's brilliant but this one seemed a bit more sort of wishy washy honestly that sounds a bit wishy washy is too harsh I feel yeah. like I, I'm gonna take that back but but they sound a bit more um, distant let me put it that way so so yeah so I also thought it was um, it was probably the weakest of the set of albums we had here I mean I'm gonna say that I didn't I thought Glenn Hunter was but um, it was. But interesting, Maybe, yeah. just to hear it's some of what you're saying there is, because um, I read a review of this album, I think in Pitchfork, where they they actually gave it a relatively good review. The enemy did as well. And and the they f- they focused about. on um, the song Echo. Yeah. And the the highlight of their review was them saying that they were really impressed by the song Echo and its sort of Coldplay nature. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting with oh. some of what you were saying then about this sort of... Um, the more sort of, I don't know, wishy-washy sort yeah. of, and I can hear that in, in Echo, which I tried to get on board with. Echo's um, a slow one, isn't it? I seem to remember, yeah. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. That was a really weak... They've, they've never been great at doing slow songs, although they did some really beautiful acoustic work on Hal, but but generally that it's not their strong suit, and that was a low point for them. Can any of, us, any of us pick out any songs from it? I, I liked Little Thing Gone Wild, I've got to admit, it, just because it was fun. Okay. Um, anyone for any more? Uh... Spook. I think I like Night Configuration. Night Configuration. Yeah. It was just in one. the middle. I felt like that one was trying to get things going again a bit. Okay. Um, but it didn't, uh, didn't. It didn't stick with me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I actually thought word. I thought Spook, the first proper song after the little intro piece, was was actually had a, an interesting little sort of delay effect or something on the bass or the guitar. I can't remember which now. Um, that I thought was fairly interesting. So I, when I heard, first heard the first song, unlike the the Shame album, I was I was a little bit optimistic they were going to turn it around. Uh, but then my dreams were shattered. So what can I yeah. say? Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's exactly the same. the the first song from the intro did sound great after the intro, and they did seem like they had a lot going, and then it just yeah. Well, I'm glad that I was there. I was never that bothered anyway, so it didn't upset me that I didn't. Like the song. <laughs> Um, I must be. It sounds like I'm the biggest fan of this band overall. I, over the time that of the the course of their career, they're one of those that have come and gone yeah. with me a little bit. I've listened to. I've had a lot of friends who've liked them, so I've heard them, but yeah. they've never been one that have really stuck massively with me. Um, I would recommend checking out Howl. It's 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 a wicked album. I think it's their name. Yeah. I think Black Rebel Motorcycle <laughs> might be the worst name of a band ever. Yeah. It, Can you I think, think in any a way, worse right now? Can we also think of a worse name than Black Rebel Motorcycle? Uh, no, I kind of nothing comes to mind. Yeah, but um, in a way, peppers? oh yeah, that's chili also, yeah, that's pretty poor. <laughs> but I do like. Uh, sorry, everybody out there in the world who loves that. It's in the food, not the band. Um, um, yeah, the, but BRMC. Um, in a way, the one reason I liked them in the first place was they 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 sort of forced they, they sort of forced the fact that they were so rock and roll, and yet they still did something unusual out of it. That even when they started, you know, in that first album, it was still something. It felt like it was um, it was fresh. Even they're doing something that looked very old-fashioned, like you know, typical rocker, you know. So, but no more. Yeah. Now they're now they're just you know, a bit tired out. Honestly, right. should we? Uh, All should right. we move on. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to take us to a shoo shoo now, which okay. I've been told is how you pronounce that. Thanks for um, letting me know. Shoo shoo. Yeah, okay. I'm the glad album, you said it first. The album forgets. <laughs> 
I was going to try and say it a different. So I asked someone who knows them well, and they told me it was Shoot Shoot. Right. So I'm going to go with it. Um, apparently, the interesting thing I found out is that this is their thirteenth album, mm. which really surprised me because I mean, I'm going to say I I thought they were really interesting. Um, so I thought I would have heard of them before. Um, there's a song I think the third song is called Wondering. Um, that would be my favorite yeah. song on this this entire playlist other than the Skunk and Nancy, which we'll come to later. Um, wow. I just thought it was, I thought that was really, I mean, they, they, I think they might, this might be the first time we all disagree because I think they're quite a polarizing band. They're kind of mad, but I found them really interesting. Um, I thought they were quite sinister. I thought the lyrics were quite nice and obscure, but really poetic. Um, and yeah, I thought they were a really interesting band. So I'm quite intrigued to see what, what either of you thought about. Who wants to go? Why don't you go, Matt? What do you rate? Interesting. You picked out Wandering. That was also my favourite song on the playlist. Was it? Um, yeah. We just all need to have a big group was, hug. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like a, a great pop song. It was yeah. just because um, it started off so like uh, like obtuse and just like. Um, you mean the whole album or rap- that song? Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, the, the the whole album. It's like yeah. it starts out really harsh, but then it's like comes in with this just like proper proper pops. I, I really loved um, and was kind of what I was expecting I think because I'd heard one of their songs before and they're relatively well like big hit um, The Love in the Valley um, and that was quite poppy as well and so by the way Matt's in New York yeah. if anyone's wondering where here is by the yeah. way we're in Manchester Matt's in New York but yeah. just me in his room <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I thought it was quite melancholic in some in like the tone he took in some of the songs, but also with this dark edge, which I really enjoyed. Well, that's yeah. two positive votes then. Yeah, what, what, what have we got? <laughs> well, we got is a really mixed bag for me. Um, I, I thought they so to me that the highest praise I can give almost any band really is to do something um, interesting with the actual way they construct a song. I'm not as, as fussed about how well they execute it as, as like the way in which they try and approach the structure of the song, you know? Um, and I thought they did a really, he, they did a really good job of that. Um, in, in many cases and wondering also was a really good song. I thought I agree about that, although it wasn't the best favorite song on the whole, on the whole playlist, well, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that, that I thought that the song construction was, was really interesting. It was very harsh at the start, which was really off putting. Um, but I thought, what, well, I suppose my, the, the feeling I'm not sure about is, the, the part I'm not sure about is, I felt like the production was really, really sort of lo-fi. Um, but it, it, to me, it didn't really suit the kind of music, the kind of electronica they, they were basically trying to produce. It, it was really jarring to me. I never really, it never, never got to the point where I was comfortable listening to it, even though it was interestingly constructed, just enjoying listening to it. It, mm. was, just, it was just slightly... Uh, uncomfortable always and that that was i mean i'm sure that that may well be what exactly what they wanted but um i i it put it put me off a little bit and it felt a bit frustrating that they could do something in electronics that was a bit more clean and polished and and still have the energy behind it and also make it um more engaging for me you know so that that's one thing can i can i ask you a question before you move on from that point yes Just because quite often you you in the past told me a normal off for sort of Struggling with something that's a bit harsh and with something yep. that's a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Like the Oxbow on the Glass playlist, for example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what, what's the difference? The what's... difference to me is, in this case, is the genre. This right. is an electronica album, mostly, I think. Um, and if it is one of those, then that doesn't suit a kind of crunchy, 
kind of distorted, not, not just distorted, but broken kind of production, which I just found, like, it felt like a missed opportunity, I'll put it that way. It felt mm. like it was a demo and not an album, but a, a demo full of really interesting ideas. So it was, in a way, I, I did like the album, but it was it was a bit irritating as well in that respect, you know? Um, I also, the other thing I'd say was um, uh, I really found his voice to be a bit difficult sometimes as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it just came across as like really melodramatic, you know, like yeah. really over the top in a way that oh, yeah. just seemed a bit... But I think that's a little bit purposeful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, I, I couldn't get on board with it. I couldn't get on board with it. So, so yeah, I think the album... Has, they have a lot of potential. I say that thirteen thousand. Thirteen albums. I will. I will listen to other albums of theirs. Uh, I really will because I, I, I want to check them out further. But um, I, I don't know if I love this album. I've got a friend who's a huge fan who says they sort of um, they've varied a lot throughout their career as well, which doesn't surprise me with the amount they vary on this album. But apparently they're. Um... Well, that's another really point of high praise, isn't it? I think well, having some good yeah. some good variety yeah, in, yeah. You know, yeah, in a think... career that long, you know. Apparently they re yeah. they completely remade the theme um the theme song the soundtrack to twin peaks as oh. one of their albums okay um, which... well that actually rings a bell now you say that i knew somebody had done that yeah, yeah it was well it was Shushu. okay it was Shushu. all right good to know so there you go right um any more on Shushu? no i think that covers right. it for me mm-hmm. yeah yeah right. a bit well, of a mixed bag yeah. i think we are now on to our classic album this month which is naz's illmatic so okay. I'll, I'll start us off here all um right. See, I, I was probably, I, I can't say for you, Matt, but definitely for Nick, I was probably the person who's been most into hip-hop throughout throughout my life. And in the time when Naz, when this album came out, which is now 24 years ago, which really surprised me, I probably was, uh, you know, we listened to a fair bit of hip-hop there, so I don't know how it passed me by, really. But um, I kind of think I can definitely see why it's so highly rated, and I'm kind of gutted I didn't get more into it back in the day, because I do think now it does sound a little bit dated in some ways as it will do because it's 24 years old. But I think it's kind of amazing that it's his debut and it's so accomplished and great hooks, brilliant one-liners, some great in- instrumentation. And then there's there's quite a few tracks I would mention that deserve you know some recognition. Life's a bitch, the world is yours, New York State of Mind. Um, I just, yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed listening to it. I'm glad I, glad I put it on this playlist because it was just uh, nice to hear. That I've, I've heard this album spoken about so much and mm. I was I was really impressed. Um now, Matt, I know when we put this playlist together, we Nermal was still on board. So when we choose the albums, it's ones that people haven't really known. But I don't know if you knew this album already, or um, no, I hadn't really listened to Nas much. No, um, like I knew of this album through Jay Z records. Because yeah, you're a Jay Z fan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I don't like the only album I've heard with Nas is his collaboration with Damien Marley, right. which I enjoyed. Um, but I'd never heard him by himself. And yeah, this this was really. It was uh, something that, like you say, was really good to go back and listen to, and it's it was really like solid all the way through, all the way through. Every single song almost was was great, and yeah, being able to switch from like like some of the songs you talked about that switch from like some of the pessimism in Life's a Bitch mm. to then the, like the optimism in the next track, yeah, where yeah. World Is Yours, and pull that off convincingly is yeah i was really impressed um but like you said it's also a little bit dated and like um the way it was put together and some of the the tracks behind it um so i don't i don't know how many times i'm gonna put it on to listen to 
but I'm glad we glad I spent some time with it. Yeah, I think hip hop dates more than other music in a way as well, doesn't it? Because it moves on so much, and because you then get like imitations come after, like after Nas, I think. Things like even some of the tracks sounded a bit like Will Smith at times because Will oh Smith. Not in a bad way. I don't mean, but I mean just like you could tell Will it's Smith. Only a bad way you could tell Will, where Will Smith's got some of his inspiration from. He's like, oh, I want yeah. to sound a bit yeah. like Nas on this one, and yeah. you're just like, but that's not Nas's fault. He still put out this incredible album at the time that then everyone's tried to imitate. So. I really want to understand though what this idea of being dated is really because I, you know, I, I thought there were parts that did feel um, a bit dated, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was really. And I felt like production was actually good. Was mm. was it was pretty polished, um, and it was uh, it was it was all in all, it was a great album. And I thought it was um, clearly the inspiration for a hell of a lot of people mm. that I've got into, you know, latterly um, all, all the way to today. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's clearly there's, there's mean, no huge, argument that it's, it's a massive, job, it's a yeah. massive, massively influential album. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of couldn't put my finger. On. When, it's interesting you say about, about hip hop doesn't doesn't you know dates more or doesn't mm. age as well or something you said that I didn't well I think it dates more but I don't necessarily know if that's a bad thing I think it's still I think you can just tell when I say dates I mean I know what era it's from and I know it's not if it and can you put your finger on what that is that's done that's made that I think like it that? is the the elements of the the music it's the sort of instrumentation it's the because I think now if you this would be seen as quite simplistic in a way some of the um okay. some of the background to it not his lyrics and not his yeah, yeah, not yeah. his not his flow and everything because he's he's incredible, but I think the yeah, music, yeah. the actual music. If you it, listen yeah. to like a, you know like the Kendrick Lamar album we listened to on the last one, there's much more. Well, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I see what you're saying. I think. I mean, obviously, compared to Pimp Butterfly, like Pimp Butterfly is like this ridiculously complicated, mm. layered, orchestral jazz fusion, everything. You know, so I can see that's a huge, huge disparity. But from compared to Damn, um, I don't know if I see it quite as much as you know. I mean, obviously, it's it's maybe clearer and stuff because mm. the. The miking and stuff is 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 better in that, but um, I don't know if if it's actually if, other than that if it's actually you know um, if it's older sounding. Yeah, you know I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Uh, well, I, the thing I was just thinking about now we're talking about this is whether it's just the, like the relative use of hip hop, whether it's still got a lot of room for innovation, where like uh, some other music been around for a long period of time. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, like rock music and so they get to a point where like there's less avenues for you to go yeah right. and maybe maybe and to Glenn Hansard or you yeah. send to Oxbow <laughs> if you're lucky but yeah no I think that's a good point I, hopefully that's not true because then hip hop might reach a, a roof where it can't go anywhere mm. hopefully it keeps going I hope yeah, I'm yeah. wrong yeah yeah <laughs> Can I just ask, Matt, obviously it's, with it being 24 years old it might not have any relevance but it's obviously this album's very much about New York isn't it yeah. Uh, does it? Does yeah. there anything that, that still sort of resonates with? Obviously, you live there. You're there every day. Is there anything that sort of? Uh, well, like you, like, like he talks about like different aspects of the struggle, uh, living in um, some of the projects, and like he, the project he was um, fro- was talking about a lot. Mm. Um, I've I've been there or been through it a bunch of times. What's it called? And. Man? Uh, it's it's just under the it's, it's Queensbridge, Queensbridge project. It, yeah. It's yeah, it's just under Queensbridge Bridge, and so it's just really in, like interesting to 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 have like a touchstone to to mm. that because it seems like yeah, like obviously I'm not from here or yeah, I'm living in 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 that environment, but like you can uh, 
you can start to see some of the stories just from being around it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I read quite a lot of reviews while we were uh, doing this and nearly all of them start with um, talking about the train because the opening track, the Genesis, starts with the sound of a train. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah. nearly every nearly every article I read about it started the article by talking about, you know, the train coming in. There were a lot of retrospective articles, like, you know, anniversary articles of the album, and it was all talking about how that was sort of so reminiscent of, of coming into the projects and stuff like that on the trail. I just found it really interesting and I suppose that still still has a you know has a place now, doesn't it? So I just thought it was really interesting. So I yeah. think you're right, Fran, to say this is this might be our first actual classic classic. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's no there's no you couldn't dispute this the quality of this album or its importance, you know. So Yeah. And I think there's plenty where that's not been the case before. Naz is one of the rappers that every, every single person around will still claim him as the inspiration and, mm. and a lot of the a lot of the classics we've chosen before i suppose have been classics in in a respect but this is a genuine i mean it's seen as by many as the best of pop album of all time so can't yeah. really get much more classic than that yeah, yeah absolutely yeah all Did right you listen to other nars fran i've not listened to any nars no no so you just that his whole his whole uh back catalogue missed you yeah yeah weirdly um i don't really know why i think Maybe I was into a bit more gangster gangster rap, like I was into <laughs> Tupac and uh, that kind of stuff. Which, and I think maybe Tupac and Naz had a bit of a beef, so I obviously took sides. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I may have picked the wrong side, but because Tupac's aged probably more than Naz, I would say. Maybe I'll do a Tupac um, playlist on Picky Bastards mm. at some point, and you can see mm. how you can see what I mean by music dating. Then, right, right, <laughs> still brilliant. Though. Yeah, I do love him. He's very cheesy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, right. All right, we, so on to the Why I Love, I think. Is right. that that's the last one, yeah? Yeah. So I'm going to introduce um, Skunk and Nancy. Um, I'll start by saying I partly chose Skunk and Nancy because so far on Picky Bastards, I've introduced The National and The Tallest Man on, the Earth, on, on Earth as my artists I love. And I wanted to show that my musical tastes do go above middle-aged men whining about their miserable <laughs> lives. Um, <laughs> so... And I also thought it'd be good to go back to something that um, has been in my life for a lot longer. And this is a band I listened to in my teens. Um, and I had an absolutely brilliant time putting this playlist together because they're not a band that I say, even though they've been in my life since I was a teenager, they're not one that I probably put on regularly nowadays, mainly because Kirsten hates them, my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> so I don't get to listen to them much. Anymore. So I had a lot of fun putting this playlist together. And it, um, it actually brought some of the songs that I maybe wasn't as into back in the day forward like charlie big potato became probably my favorite song by them now but um so i'm not sure how familiar today's listeners will be with this band so i'll give you a little brief introduction they're a british five piece uh, they came up during the sort of brit pop period which i think one of the reasons i really got into them is because they offered a bit of an alternative um so they had six albums which three of them are in the 90s and three since they were formed now all of my all of this playlist is off the three albums from the 90s which are paranoid and sunburnt Stoosh and post-orgasmic chill and if i'm being honest i haven't listened to the the more recent stuff a lot um now the focal point of the band is the lead singer skin um and i think it was skin that really got me into this band um this was a time when i was listening to a lot of stuff like oasis and blur who let's be honest sang songs about absolutely nothing um <laughs> and here was this sort of black lesbian skinhead who was singing about really angry singing really angrily about really important topics. Um, so 
as the only uh, non-white person in a school of 1,500 people at the time. <laughs> it was pretty amazing for me to hear someone singing really honestly about racism, about discrimination and about bullying and then about politics, which was quite a new subject to me at that time. I mean, the only person I heard sing about politics prior to that was Bob Marley, but I didn't really know much about Jamaican politics and it wasn't that relevant to me at the time. <laughs> so the song, Skunk and Nancy songs in a way were a real eye-opener for me. And I remember being quite... Um, quite smug about them as well because it was a band that I discovered and and everyone else was kind of really put off by them at first and then eventually all my friends really got into them so I walked around like I was kind of Skunk and Nancy's uh, manager for a while in, in Derbyshire <laughs> I was their, their voice in Derbyshire but um, added to that there was the Skin's voice which um, I imagine Skin's voice might be one that um, does split opinion but for me Back then, I, I, when I was still young and confident and thought that I was one day going to be a, a singer in a band, um, Skunk and Nancy would there's be the... There's still time. There's not, man. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's not a voice. That's the main problem. There's always time. Um, but yeah, this was one band that I would never try and sing along to because for me, it's just like, who can imitate that voice? Who can, who can better that voice? And, and for me, big claim coming, everybody, so uh, watch out. But I'd say it might possibly be my favourite voice in music. I absolutely adore her voice. It's incredible. Um, now, there's a variation of songs that... Different styles as well, I think. I started this place with a song called Little Baby Swastika, which I kind of put at the start because I wanted to maybe shock Nick a little bit because he thinks I only like weak, folky music and that's probably one of their angriest songs. So <laughs> I went with that. But they, they can really do their, um, you know, hedonism and... Um, what else did I put on here? Hedonism and uh, Only You, Infidelity. Those songs are very sort of slow and her voice carries on those songs. like incredibly, she just sounds brilliant. So I want to go back a little bit later and talk about their live performances as another thing. But first of all, I'd like to hear from uh, from you guys. What did you think of them? Matt, why don't you jump in, Matt? Um, so I listening to it, I was surprised knowing your musical taste. <laughs> uh um especially with like the like you say the, the heavier stuff like mm. with uh, little swastika and st- um and i have to say i actually liked the slower stuff more mm. i think um the that felt more like timeless yeah. i think if i had listened to it listened to them when i was the same age as you were when you started listening to them i would have loved every single thing um, and I did really enjoy the heavy stuff as well, or the heavier stuff. But the, it again, like going back to uh, like what we said about Nas, it did feel a little bit dated, and of the time. But yeah, her voice is crazy. It's just nuts. She yeah, she's amazing. Um, yeah, the voice and yeah, is so yeah. I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying, uh, actually. It used to always, funnily for me, I think I probably preferred all of the slower songs when I was younger. But I think going back to it now, I, I got a bit more of a kick out of the, the heavier stuff just because it's, I don't know, there was, I think it's what the sort of soul of the band comes from for me. I think that's what they're about, really. But I think they're good at, for me, everything that they do really is, um, they're good at it all, really. But Nick? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um... Where do I begin, really? Um, I thought it was uh, 
I did know them in the nineties a bit, mm. but I didn't, I didn't really follow any particular album. But I, I was I was around when they were around for the first time, um, and uh, I think her voice, which carries a lot of the band, uh, is incredibly powerful. Absolutely, mm. really, really powerful. There are moments when it felt like it was overkill on some stuff, though. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, even actually on on week, which is I know the was a big single for theirs yeah. then, wasn't it? Yeah. So where where the where the vocal is is just um, s- sort of turned up to eleven all the time. You know, I wanted some more dynamics in it sometimes. Um, and I, I say this in the context of having of enjoying it, enjoying the playlist as a whole. But I'm just sort of just was concerned about that a little bit. I didn't feel like it was. Um, didn't feel like she was controlling it with dynamics as much as she could. She seemed like she was just going all out all the time in some of the tracks. Um, and also, it's interesting, we talked about Nas and stuff just before this because um, you were saying hip-hop ages, mm. you know, poorly and stuff. This sounded more 90s to me than the Nas did, in a way. Is, is the Nas from the 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah? it is, yeah. Yeah, this sounded, this sounded very, very, from a production standpoint, very, very 90s. Yeah. Um, and I think that's... Um, that's fine. I mean, there's, there's plenty of stuff from the great stuff from the nineties, but it was really, it was kind of a, a bit of a time capsule, some of it, you know, mm. um, one thing I would notice particularly was the bass was, was very, had this very, um, sort of tight tune, like precision bass that was just kind of on everything and like very busy, you know, like very moving around all around mm. the, the, the melody all the time and stuff, you know, and I, which is again, not a criticism so much as to say that that's, that's something that I think was very, very nineties um, in its style, right. you know, in its styling. So, um, but I, uh, overall, I liked it. Um, I'll tell you that the, the worst criticism I, get, I can give actually is, uh, it's not my own. I'm going to throw my wife under the bus on this right. and say that she came in the room when it was playing the other day. And she said, she thought it sounded like Alanis Morissette. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have words with her later about that if you that? want. Which song was that? Like it was weak actually. Yeah. Funnily enough. <laughs> I'm holding back swear words right now. I know, I know, it's so funny. I mean, plus you're actually in our house right yeah. now, so what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh my god, don't tell Fran that, and then I decided to myself. So. Do you know what? It's it's people are wrong all the time, aren't they? So it's <laughs> it's forgivable. But I mean, pick up to pick up on your comment about the um, it being more '90s. Mm. It is very '90s. I think that's part of why I enjoy putting it together again because it's mm. kind of a something I haven't listened to as much recently, but it reminds me of the, my experience with the Sebado playlist in that sense. You know yeah. I mean? uh, there was that a lot of that was, was early nineties and late eighties stuff. And I, I was really, it was a trip in memory lane really. Yeah, I, I so. kind of partly wonder if you're, you're seeing more, this more dated than Nas because this is a style of music that you were familiar with in the nineties. Mm, Whereas you weren't, you've never really been into hip hop too much. No, so not I think, until fairly recently. I think maybe yeah. because I listened that's to hip hop then I can see how the Nas is dated. Whereas that, that means Skunk and Nancy's dated. I'm not going to argue that, but yeah. I think, um, I don't That's always think dated is a bad thing, but I think some of these bands, and I think we get this a lot with the um, intro stuff that we do, is that they, uh, if you knew them at the time, then yeah. the dating doesn't matter to you, does it at all? Yeah, so yeah. It's, um, but yeah, they. In are, fact, I think honestly, I, I think we probably all of us need to put a sort of. Uh, not exactly a filter. We need to be aware that that's a, a likely outcome of like digging through things there from everyone's sort yeah, of yeah, twenty yeah. years for ten years ago playlists. You know, I mean, I'm an, my next yeah. one, which I'll be doing next time round, is exactly fits that bill. You yeah. know, something from from the well from the mid '80s actually that was um, I'll talk about in a minute, but or at least introduce in a minute. But um, 
that uh, that's also going to go through that same that same experience. I'm you know, already worried else. about that conversation. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Um, you yeah, know, I'm upset you because I know how much you love that band. And I, I'm, I'm predicting that I might not. But oh, great. We okay. don't know, do we? I might be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's hope so. Um, okay, can I just go back a little bit and talk about, because another thing that really got me into Skunk and Nancy was um, their live performances. Mm. Um, I've seen them three or four times once since they came back. And yep. then I saw them at Glastonbury... I saw them in the lead mill, which was amazing because it's, I don't know if you know the lead mill in Sheffield, I review, but it's a tiny venue. It's kind of, I just yeah, know of it. I know Gorilla the... Manchester size sort of thing. Oh, wow. It's, okay. it's very small. And, um, and just the sound in there was incredible. But her voice live is amazing. But I asked you both to watch, um, yeah, a performance they did at a festival. The only reason I chose the one in Spain, I wasn't there. I'm not, it's just that because they're so old. There's not many recorded concerts that are on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like the bands we can... I can't... It's not like the National I could get you to watch their latest gig. It was That was the only one I could find live that was really good quality. But I just... Um, I think it was a really good example of the energy of their gigs. And I thought it, it was an incredible gig. And she's just... She's almost beyond the dynamo. I mean, she's, yeah, she? yeah, yeah. The energy is, is ridiculous. I mean, she's just absolutely pogoing for the entire gig, yeah. you know? So... Uh, I yeah, don't know how was, she kept it was it amazing. Up, it was amazing I, to see. Did you, did you get a chance to watch it as well, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's yeah, like like I said, with it, like to do that live and to keep the energy up through the entire thing, and to keep that voice up when you've got that much energy as well, I think is you know, yeah, on its own yeah, is, to... is, is pretty incredible. If you ever, if yeah, it, for any of you, like obviously I've done this playlist, but um, if you were anyone listening, just want to listen to them, I would say start with the album Stoosh, which was the second album. Um, mm. It's probably the most. Paranoid and Sunburn and Post Orgasmic Chill are both very good, but Stoosh is the most consistent album. So, okay. So yeah, I'd say. For and me, I'd say as well that for the live uh, video you were talking about, you should tweet that when we put, yeah, vid- yeah. When we put this one out. Uh, Fran will also tweet out oh, that sure. video so people yeah. can see what we're talking about. Yeah, that would be really It's useful. well worth a watch. Even I think just I think as, that, a, as a music fan to watch a band putting that kind of show on, I think it's... And I think as well with these it. with these issues about whether it's dated or not, I mean, I, I think the live show is less dated because mm. it's free of some of the production tricks that were just in, in favour at the time, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah, like the, yeah, say, the yeah. phasers and chorus and things like that on guitars and, you know, that sort of stuff. It's free of some of that, some of that anyway. So, yeah. 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 Right. Cool. All right. Actually, can I... Either of you want to... I'm going to put more pressure on you. Any oh, particular good. songs you want to pick out of the Skunk and Nights playlist that you particularly did enjoy or, or didn't, if the case may be? Um, um, go for it, Matt. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, like, Only You is just a great song. That, that uh, stuck out to me. Um, um, I don't know if I have a particular one that I disliked. Yeah. Uh, good. I think they <laughs> well were all, That's an acceptable response. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I would say uh, I like Charlie Bupateo, uh and I liked, um, is it Lately, I think, the one before Lately. we, yeah, yeah, yeah they See, were both. that's interesting, because when I put the players together, the one I thought about not putting on there is was Lately, because it's probably the poppiest song, and I thought you'd hate it. Okay. So it's interesting that you just picked that out. It's funny <laughs> maybe, I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking the wrong one then. I think Jeez, you are, you must Maybe be. I am. I mean, why are neither of you saying Charlie Big Potato? What, what's wrong? I just did. Oh, did yeah, you? I, I sat well. right next to you. Know, yeah, I was looking for the Jesus. albums that we're putting on the next playlist because I'd, f- okay. I'd forgotten what mine were called. So I was kind. Of, that's why I was just stalling for time, really, when I yeah. asked that question. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> right. I think that's uh, that, that brings it, us then. to a bit of an end. So should we uh, should we talk about what's coming next time? Can you guys both remember what you're going to be? Yeah, in? Uh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, man. Why you, why you start? My... What are you going to bring to us next um, time? I, I'm suggesting uh, Rise new album, which is called Blood. 
um, which I'm excited about, and the the Go Teams album, Semicircle. Are they a different band to OK Go? <laughs> they are a very different band. Because I when I yeah. when you first sent that to us on WhatsApp, I was like, oh, Matt, is he really going to make us listen to OK Go? But it's not OK Go, is <laughs> no, it? No, no, no. Okay, it's not. It's not good. You'll uh, you should enjoy it. Right, brilliant. I'll I'll keep you to that. You can uh, go next. I'm going to be introducing uh, Everybody Works. No, I'm not introducing them. I've never heard them. I'm choosing Everybody Works by Jay Som and 1992 Deluxe by the wonderfully named Princess Nokia. Okay, and I will be uh, running the show this time. I'll be introducing uh, Dinosaur Jr., um, potentially a single album, um, but in which case I'll probably do... Uh, you're living all over me, um, but if not, I'll do a playlist. I'll, you'll see about that shortly when I, when it goes up. Um, and then I'll be doing Nick Drake's as the classic. I'll be doing Nick Drake's Five Leaves Left, which I think might be one of the oldest albums we've done on this mm-hmm. podcast. 1969, I see here. Um, so that's his first album, which I don't know at all. But oh, um, I really didn't know we'd been around that long. Sorry, I didn't know we'd been around that long. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that far back. Yeah, yeah it's, it's before quite yeah. when you were born, I think. Yes, thank yeah. you. It was yes <laughs> by some time. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Jesus. All right, so uh, I think we're all set then, are we? Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for listening. Brilliant. And thanks, thanks, time. Matt, for joining us. Yeah, welcome, Matt. Oh, thanks for having me. We'll I'm see you the next. Just time. stared at your face on your yeah. Skype picture all the way through this, and it's it's beautiful. <laughs> it's the best picture of you I've ever seen. So it's good I to can see you. Send you a copy for your phone wallpaper. I've already printed <laughs> it off. <laughs> and with that, goodbye. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye.